Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Close Talking Reflections, the world's number one most popular poetry analysis podcast. And I am one of your co-hosts, Connor McNamara Stratton. And I am your other co-host, Jack Rossiter Munley. And we are here on day two of um, poems for reflections and you know, moments of, you know, spring forward for like a space for thoughts and I don't know, whatever (laughs) poems bring to mind, I suppose. Um, But we're kind of in the spirit of what we did uh, last year where we talked about um, haiku uh, in little mini episodes uh, for a whole week. Um, We're doing something similar here uh, rather than focusing on a genre, given the craziness of everything right now, we're sort of using the space to focus on short poems that like, uh, perhaps bring us out of brooding and into um, a not mm, shallower, but a gentler place of reflection. As always, before we get into it, if you could give us a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and review, it helps us defeat the ever-powerful algorithm and uh, helps us find new listeners. And it really it means a lot. Um, it uh, cheers us up and um, we thank you. This poem is one of my favorites. I think we've referenced Gwendolyn Brooks, but I don't know if we've ever talked about a Brooks poem at length. We've talked about a couple of hers in reference to the poems that we were focusing on, but. And we um, did do uh, Joy Harjo's Golden Shovel poem. That's probably the closest. That's true. Yes, we did. We did do that. Um, And yeah, and this is just, this is uh, one of her poems. it's called A Lovely Love, and it is about love, as the title would indicate. But sometimes I read titles, and I'm like, okay, let's read the poem. And then I realize I should have had the title in mind when I'm listening to it. And I think this is one of those poems. <laughs> um, okay. A Lovely Love. Let it be alleys, let it be a hall whose janitor javelins epithet and thought to cheapen hyacinth darkness that we sought and played we found, rot, make the petals fall. Let it be stairways and a splintery box where you have thrown me, scraped me with your kiss, have honed me, have released me after this cavern kindness, smiled away our shocks. That is the birthright of our lovely love in swaddling clothes. Not like that other one, not lit by any fondling star above, not found by any wise men either. Run, people are coming. They must not catch us here, definitionless in this strict atmosphere. 
This is one of those ones where I get that poem feeling at the end, which we have discussed, <laughs> that sort of nebulous, like, whoosh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. one always does that for me. I know. Um, I love the ending so much. It's, like, so cool. Um, yeah. Run. People are coming. They must not catch us here. Definitionless in this strict atmosphere. Um, it's just like, damn. Yeah, and you know, uh, this is a short one, but it still might, there's some denser parts, so I think it might still help to do a little, just kind of run down. Um, but you know, it's called A Lovely Love, and there's this kind of refrain of let it be alleys, let it be a hall. And the it, by the end, sort of becomes clear is like the love, I think, you know, like let let us, it, and so the poem, I think, is like, how do we define this love that we have? You know, what are ways that we can describe it? Um, and so it's basically different ways of, you know, um, doing that. Alleys, a hall, stairways, a splintery box. Um, and then, you know, there's, you know, this this ending that's kind of like, people are coming, um, you know, they can't catch us here, like, in our love, basically. Um, so there's a kind of forbiddenness in it, too. Um, but that's kind of the very basic, like, sort of what's happening in the poem. Definitely. And, and along with that, as you were saying, for being a poem that's important to keep the title in mind with, the it becomes clear, it's, it's the love, but also implicitly it is a lovely love, and it's even called out as that a little bit after the midway point of the poem, and particularly because so many of the descriptions for it are kind of unexpectedly harsh, maybe, in light of the title, to have the it be not just love, but to be mindful of the fact that it's being called a lovely love, sort of creates an interesting tension that runs through the poem as well. Right. That's such a good point. Yeah. Because, you know, um, it's not like roses or like a bed of a meadow flow or like, you know, a, a beautiful babbling brook or, you know, there's a lot of kind of um, more glamorous associations or, or, you know, images that one could associate with their lovely love but instead they're actually pretty markedly um you know both like kind of every day but also you know like run down and broken in some in certain ways you know so like let it be alleys is the first one um and then let it be a hall and of course it could be a hall like um a grand hall, but immediately, you know, we get the janitor of the hall. So I'm sort of thinking of like a, like a public school hall or something like that. Um, and, you know, then it's like, let it be stairways and a splintery box. So it's not even like a, a, a nice box. It like, you don't really want to open it because, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, like, you know, have have released me after this cavern kindness. Um, so there's actually, you know, one, like, 
yeah, to your point, it, it is, I hadn't actually thought of that. It's really true that one without the kind of lovely, you could read this poem as like, oy, they seem like they're in kind of a, like they're in love, but maybe it's not really a healthy relationship or, you know, something like that. But um, rather, I think, you know, the poem seems to be like, I don't know, it's doing a lot of interesting, complicated things. One, one is, I think, simply that there is a loveliness to um, these places in some kind of way that um, the speaker is, is like, we don't need roses for this love. Like it's in alleys, it's in a hall, it's in a splintery box. Um, the other thing, which is kind of um, more complex, and I'm I'm curious what you think about it, is like, and it really comes out at this end line, which is so great, but like, they must not catch us here definitionless in this strict atmosphere, which is like, um, so fascinating because, you know, we've been, this, the whole poem has been kind of trying to find a definition for what the love is. Um, and then at the end, it's like definitionless, but there's the strictness and that kind of, when you think back to like, okay, all these different images, they're all kind of containers that are pretty, like you have an alley, which is, you know, often pretty narrow, another, a hallway, um, the box. And it's like the box where you have thrown me, um, you know, there's a cavern kindness. So the speaker and the love are kind of like, captured within uh it and i think it's and this is where i get it gets complicated because on the one hand it's a lovely love but then on the other hand there is a kind of violence that's described you know so like uh a splintery box where you have thrown me scraped me with your kiss honed me um and then you know smiled away our shocks um and then you know in the hall it's the janitor and this is like the sounds are so in the beginning like dense that it's often hard for me to even like and it's pretty abstract but it's like whose janitor javelins epithet and thought to cheapen hyacinth darkness that we sought so there's like a javelin like <laughs> um you know a janitor throwing javelins that are you know like epithets you know kind of i don't know derogatory language or something potentially um and yeah i don't know so it's 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 like yeah it's there's just a lot happening there um but at the same time yeah anyway um those were kind of like a lot of the beginning thoughts that i had about this poem i'm particularly attuned to the the violence which you had mentioned um because that's also something that i think when you hear a lovely love aside from all of the you know 
various kinds of romantic stereotypical descriptions you expect of the scene you also expect a certain kind of uh like bodily sensuality that's gentle um and intimate and you don't necessarily get that except for scraped me with your kiss and like scrapes are bloody and kind of violent and there's this splintery box where you might prick yourself um but along with that, I also really liked your point of how many of the spaces that are described are like containers. And it feels to me like those two parts kind of intersect because this really, you know, lavish idea of idealized romantic relationship and love can feel very restrictive and in fact can feel like it is, you know, not just confining, but injurious to your mental well-being when you're in a relationship because either you or the other person might have all these ideas about what goes along with it and the way it should be versus the way it is and some of what i see in the line this is the birthright of our lovely love coming right after the the most intense like you have thrown me scraped me with your kiss honed me have released me after this cavern kindness smiled away our shocks like some of the most intense and visceral like personal language uh is like actually that part of relationships is also a big part of what a truly lovely love is. It is a love that is big enough to encompass not just the good parts basically, but it should encompass challenge and it should encompass hardship and obstacles and, you know, be able to find a way through and around them because the the partners are sort of understanding that that's also not just part of what love can be, but really where it is of the greatest value because it, it is about that. And then uh, that last part run, people are coming. They must not catch us here. Definitionless in this strict atmosphere. I see also as like kind of writing against strict definitions of what love should be, what love is supposed to be. Um, it is an argument for being definitionless because in fact, in being definitionless, you can be so much more, uh, but that there are forces that want to try and put you back into a splintery box. Uh, there are janitors who are out there trying to clean up these hallways where you're trying to create messy complexity, you know? Um, <laughs> I feel like that that's sort of what I carry through the poem. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, it is like... Um... I really like what you, yeah, what you're saying about that. Cause there's like, especially with things like love that are, you know, um, for good reason, like talked about everywhere and always come up and there's like so many different like layers of pressure around it. And so many like, you know, um, different kinds of ways from like, you know, I don't know, you know, gender norms, sexuality norms, like uh, race, class, political, um, just like kids in love versus adults in love and, you know, all these kinds of things. And um, like, it's, um, and it's also something that, because it sort of captures our imaginative um, like 
sort of center a lot of the time. We've put a lot of meaning on to it, you know, and um, like a lot of times, both in life and in you know like your your average kind of relationship and in a tv show or a book or something i feel like a lot of times the conflict is about competing ideas of love like this is what i think a relationship is and this is what you think a relationship is and we're not seeing you know um and anyway which is all to say it can get very strict in a lot of different ways um and yet it's something that's so you know nebulous and different in every given circumstance um and yeah and like yeah the the kind of part that <laughs> makes it, that made it a poem that like my uh personal nerd self was like oh my god this poem is so good uh is that it's a sonnet okay so it's got 14 lines and this one is actually a pretty traditional sonnet in a lot of ways it's you know written contemporary but it follows like a very strict rhyme scheme you know like hall rhymes with fall thought rhymes with sought box shocks kiss this love above one run here atmosphere um you know it's like a b b a kind of and it and it has a very traditional sonnet structure it has 14 lines and then you know after the eighth line there's the volta or the turn um you know like you know as jack was saying after this really intense visceral part you know, cavern kindness, smile the way our shocks. That's the eighth line. And then it's, that is the birthright of our lovely love. Um, and that's like such a clear turn in the poem that sort of follows us. And then it even has a kind of like Shakespearean style couplet at the end where it's like, you know, run, like people are coming, they must not catch us here, definitionless in this strict atmosphere. That almost like, in like um a lot of times i feel like in shakespeare's sonnets there's a kind of summing up of a, of an argument that's been sort of around in the sonnet um so it follows all the like rules of a sonnet in a time when you know it's not petrarch's time it's not shakespeare's time like it's a it's a choice to and if you read, you know, like uh, Brooks's other sonnets, like the rights for Cousin Vit, um, she does not like, she loves to mess with the form, um, even as she follows it. And so it's a definitely a deliberate choice to do that. And um, it made me realize that um, the poem and, you know, sonnet is the traditional love poem but it's like a strict sonnet and it was, I feel like there's a kind of meta thing happening where the speaker is like trapped in this love, but also trapped in this sonnet, uh, basically where 
um, you know, in the same way that a hall or an alley or the box could be a container for one's love, the sonnet can also be that container. Um, and in the way that, like, the poem has so kind of deliberately made the sonnet as, like, like loud as possible, you know, like a lot of times we, we talk about if a form is loud or quiet, you know, if it's calling attention to itself by using the kind of like um, direct end rhymes in the rhyme scheme, especially that it's like, I'm a sonnet. <laughs> um, and by doing that, it's like also, you know, it, it makes it more apparent that the speaker is like, trapped within it that there that there are edges and boundaries to what constitutes a sonnet and you know what isn't um and so in in a certain way the sonnet is also a strict atmosphere i guess um but you know within that it's like um you know definitionless right it's you know you can there's a million sonnets and um you know, they, they managed to cover a lot of ground within the tight space. Um, but they are and, also like the, the main tradition of sonnets that anybody is going to come across is going to be Petrarch, who's like hung up on the same woman he saw one time for his entire life. <laughs> yeah. Like that's his whole deal. So, okay. Yeah. And then Shakespeare, who is both inspired by and writing sort of, through that tradition uh, and in some ways against it, he's doing more complicated things, but like a lot of the Shakespearean sonnets are also on the subject of, of love. So it's, it's interesting also to have this, not just in that form tradition on its surface and like being part of it in this explicit way through the louder form, but again, like calling attention to the form also in some ways calls attention to that strain of the, of the sonnet tradition. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that's exactly right. Um, and yeah, I just, from a, like, just poetry nerd perspective, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. Um, it's like, ah. It also, like, I've loved this poem for a long time, but then I was just kind of thinking about it again. And initially the connection might just be a little surface level, but um, I myself am sometimes feeling a little trapped in my own home. And I think there's a new level of strictness that's been imposed by the virus. Um, and it's not necessarily to do with love, but it certainly affected like, you know, relationships. I don't know. I started thinking like, there's a couple ways to think about it, but I don't know. I was like, okay, well, I am in this place <laughs> and I am, you know, trapped in some kind of way. Um, and yet, like, here's this poem that is also trapped and it's doing like all of this wonderful, you know, it's expressing so much, like such a, complicated love i really think and you know and you know the 
yesterday we talked about um, the pound, you know, Mediterranean March, um, black cat on a quince branch, mousing blossoms. And we were, you know, like you had talked about how much is captured even within those last two words of like mousing blossoms. Um, and this is sort of a personal aside, but maybe it'll get, maybe it'll connect. But um, I recently, I hopped on the sourdough trend and um, I've never made sourdough and it's a quite insanely elaborate process that involves many steps of doing something for two minutes and then letting it sit for six hours or whatever. But um, I had some friends who were also doing it and we had this, you know, sort of like Zoom, like as we were all doing the steps, we would hang out, which is just to say it was like kind of a moment for me where I was like, there's a lot here where I am and I can be resourceful potentially. Um, and to be clear, a lot of times <laughs> I'm not being resourceful and I'm not one of those people who are like, we should be as productive as possible during this time. But like, you know, in terms of like reorienting myself to the space that I am in, um, even if it's like not the one that I, even though it's not like ideal in a lot of ways and is very strict. There's ways that I'm trying to start to find to like make space uh, and to like write against the kind of idea that I have about it right now, which is just like, <laughs> this sucks and I'm trapped. Um, and rather be like, this is definitionless really. And there's like a lot of ways to be still. Um, yeah. <laughs> Definitionless uh, in a strict atmosphere. There you go. Um, That's real. Yeah. And one of those things is I still have my poems and I can share them with you all. I can talk with them, talk about them with you, Jack. And, you know, it's a, the imagination can really make a lot of space sometimes. Absolutely. I think that's that's really lovely. Should we read it again? Let's do it. A Lovely Love by Gwendolyn Brooks. Let it be alleys. Let it be a hall whose janitor javelins epithet and thought to cheapen hyacinth darkness that we sought and played we found. Rot make the petals fall. Let it be stairways and a splintery box where you have thrown me, scraped me with your kiss, have honed me, have released me after this cavern kindness smiled away our shocks. That is the birthright of our lovely love in swaddling clothes. Not like that other one, not lit by any fondling star above, not found by any wise men either. Run, people are coming. 
They must not catch us here, definitionless in this strict atmosphere. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is co-host Jack Roster Munley. Just reminding you that there are a ton of ways that you can get in touch with us, and we love to hear from you. It's always great to know if you have a different reading of this poem or any of the other poems we've covered, or if there are any poems you wish we would cover in the future. You can send us an email at closetalkingpoetry at gmail.com, or the show and Connor and myself are all on Twitter. That's another great way to connect. I am at Jack Rossiter Munn. Connor is at Connor M. Stratton, and the show is at Close Talking. You can also find us on Instagram at Close Talking Poetry or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Close Talking. See you next time.